Greetings, this is Dr. Ed Taubman, podcasting from Only Maryland. I am a general internist of over 30 years and a local cancer genetic specialist. We will be speaking today about the genetic influences of colon cancer and how the identification of certain high-risk families can lower the burden of cancer in these families by identifying them and applying special screening. Now, importantly, when someone has been recently diagnosed with a cancer such as colon cancer, it really is important to put their attention to working with their doctors to treat and eliminate that cancer. However, when the crisis has passed, unfortunately, collectively, we may often forget to try and figure out why the person got cancer in the first place. And that is very important because in certain families, the screening for colon cancer and associated hereditary cancers requires special and different screening than we may be used to. Now, for the general population, we really do have a very effective way to prevent colon cancer, and that is following accepted guidelines for colon cancer screening via colonoscopy. For the general population, we recommend that colon cancer screening start at age 50 or 10 years prior to the earliest colon cancer found in the immediate family. The frequency of subsequent colonoscopies really depends on how many polyps one may have found during uh, their colonoscopies. The frequency could be as often as every two to three years if a number of polyps are found, or it could be as long as 10 years if there's no family history and no polyps are found on the initial screening colonoscopy. These guidelines are based on the assumption that colon cancer is really a disease that is a long time in the making and that by the time the average person's colon cancer shows up, there have actually been a whole series of mutations or genetic changes within the colon, creating small polyps which then get larger and then acquire characteristics of cancer. And the whole idea is to catch these small polyps before they become cancer and to literally pluck them out at the time of colonoscopy. So colonoscopy for most people is a very useful tool, not only to find the few cases where unexpectedly colon cancer is found, but more importantly, to find the precursor polyps that over time, if left alone, will eventually show up as colon cancer. One of the common misconceptions about colon cancer is that if there is no known colon cancer in your immediate family, that you are therefore somehow immune from getting it and you don't need to undergo colonoscopy. This is really a very dangerous idea that some people have. In fact, most of the colon cancers that I have seen over the years in my general internal medicine practice uh, are in people who neglected to have colonoscopies because they thought that they could not get colon cancer. 
and often in these unfortunate people, by the time it was found, their cancers were fairly advanced. So the idea is for everybody to be screened via colonoscopy starting at age 50, or again, sooner if there is colon cancer in your family. Now, even though just said that most people who get colon cancer do not have a family history, on the other extreme, there is a very important minority of colon cancers and colon cancer families where there really is a excess of colon cancer. And in these families, there may be multiple colon cancers over multiple generations. And in addition, these cancers may occur in some individuals in these families at very young ages. And at, by young, we mean less than 50, um, often in 40s, 30s, sometimes down into the 20s. The idea that cancers of any kind, let alone colon cancers, could be genetically caused was considered a radical idea in the 1960s. However, a physician at that time named Dr. Henry Lynch, who practiced outside the mainstream of the Eastern Medical Establishment in Creighton, Nebraska, was convinced that, there, that he was seeing families who had strong links to colon cancer. And in addition, they seemed to also have an excess of other cancers, such as cancer of the womb or uterus, also known as endometrial cancer and also in excess of other cancers to a lesser degree, such as ovarian cancer, some rare cancers of the kidney, small bowel, and of the stomach, pancreas, as well as the bile ducts. So he pursued this, uh, even though he was ridiculed by the medical establishment and accumulated dozens of these families and eventually, when the age of modern genetics dawned in the 1990s, he was instrumental in guiding the researchers to these families so the genetic makeup of these families could be ascertained. And lo and behold, a first one, then a second, and, and now we eventually have five genes that can explain the association in these families uh, of colon cancer to excess, often in conjunction with uterine cancer, and the families sometimes associated with ovarian or the other cancers that we mentioned. And in honor of Dr. Lynch's work, uh, we now call this Lynch syndrome. If Lynch syndrome is identified in a family, or if you have had colon or uterine cancer, particularly these cancers at young ages, or come from a family that has colon cancers in multiple people, uh, uterine cancers, and or some of the other cancers we spoke about, and are diagnosed with Lynn syndrome, we can in many cases, um, through genetic testing, identify a genetic misspelling that uh, has been passed down from generation to generation in your particular family. The main utility of this is to help identify who in the family may have uh, inherited this misspelling and who not. On average, 
half of the brothers or sisters or children, sons or daughters of somebody who has the genetic misspelling will inherit the misspelling and be prone to these Lynch syndrome cancers. And in general, on average, half the sons and daughters or brothers and sisters will not. And those people who have not can just go back to the normal population screening that we talked about earlier. And those who do have the genetic misspelling, uh, they are particularly high risk. Their lifetime risk of getting colon cancer is as high as 80% rather than the average in the U.S. population of close to 5%. The uh, women who carry these genetic misspellings in Lynch syndrome have a lifetime risk of uterine cancer that can be as high as 40% or more. Uh, And they also have a higher risk of ovarian cancer, approximately 1 in 10, as well as some of the other rare cancers that we spoke about. So because the colon cancers, in particular in Lynch syndrome, can occur at very early ages, and because the cancers can develop rapidly in between the uh, normal schedule for colonoscopies that we talked about earlier in our podcast, is important for people who have these genetic misspellings to start screening as early as age 25 and no less frequently than every two years. And we have good data to show that this will help prevent colon cancer and save lives. Now, for women who harbor these genetic misspellings in Lynch syndrome families, they are at higher risk for particularly uterine and sometimes ovarian cancer. And as a result, uh, they uh, should consider uh, having a complete hysterectomy after having finished having their families. One somewhat unique facet of screening for Lynch syndrome is that we have the uh, molecular ability to screen for Lynch syndrome by actually testing a um, cancerous specimen. This can be particularly helpful in trying to see if somebody who is unfortunately deceased from their cancer um, did in fact harbor Lynch syndrome, as uh, hospitals typically keep surgical specimens on repository for up to 10 years. Some forward-thinking hospitals have actually instituted this technology by applying it to all new cases of colon cancer and even uterine cancer, looking for any evidence of uh, Lynch syndrome being present. This can be particularly helpful nowadays because many people are not totally aware of their family histories or they come from very small families uh, and when you come from a, from a small family, uh, if there is a genetic predisposition, it may not be obvious. So we've spent a good amount of time speaking about Lynch syndrome and its implications and how that can change screenings and identified families and save lives. Uh, there are a number of other genetic causes that have been discovered for colon cancer in certain families. Uh, Some of these uh, lead to excessive production of polyps, and there are a number of polyposis syndromes that go by the names of 
um, familial uh, polyposis, attenuated familial polyposis, MYH polyposis, Puch-Jager syndrome, um, and a number of others. And this is where a trained genetics professional uh, in the field of cancer genetics can be of help in sorting out the unique characteristics of uh, your family and preventative strategies. Well, that wraps up our second podcast on the genetics of cancer. I hope you have found it useful. Feel free to email me with any questions or suggestions. You can reach me at cancergenedoc at onlymedical.com. That's spelled C-A-N-C-E-R-G-E-N-E-D-O-C at O-L-N-E-Y-M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. We will continue to put podcasts out there on the topic of uh, cancer and cancer genetics, uh, as well as germane topics in the field of general internal medicine. If you would like to uh, find my other podcasts, uh, you can feel free to go to my practice website, www.onlymywellness.com. That's www. O-L-N-E-Y-M-Y-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot com. Look forward to catching you next time.